0: Welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with Author, CEO, founder of Lovemark, transformation speaker and mindset coach. She has over 20 years of experience participating in and providing various programs that guide us on how to be aware of past circumstances influencing our current choices, along with how to manage current adversaries. The tools she provides through her programs helps others to know how to shift self-defeating, undervaluing and limiting beliefs to build a healthier mindset and constructive habits to take control of our life and purposely create a happier lifestyle. Today we'll be chatting about overcoming self-doubt and a lot more. A very warm welcome to the podcast, Halima Yates.
1: Hi David, thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Let's get this started. I know before we recorded we went through a little bit few bits of Bob's, but as I mentioned before, I'd like to get to know the guests as we record the podcast. So where are you right now on Planet Earth?
1: <laughs> I am in Denver, Colorado.
0: Oh nice. And how is the weather?
1: It is absolutely beautiful right now. It's nice and sunny outside and the weather has been, it's been pretty warm.
0: Give us a temperature in Fahrenheit. <laughs> Go for it.
1: Well, it's actually been in the 90s uh, late, lately. So it's um, been a little hot, but, um, you know, I, I love the spring and summer. So
0: <laughs> so how, how long have you, well, we're going to get into this conversation anyway. But have you always been in Denver, Colorado?
1: No, I actually was born in Wichita, Kansas. So oh, Colorado wow. is... It's still home to me though, because we moved out here when I was about four or five.
0: Right, okay, so let's pretty much get us started. I gave you the introduction, so let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself.
1: Yes. so I was born in Wichita, Kansas, and then my mother wanted to leave a marriage that wasn't working. And so we moved to Colorado where she was from, and we ended up moving into her parents' house. So in that house, there were 11 of us. It was my grandparents, my aunt, my uncles, my cousins, my sisters, and I all lived under one roof. And uh, yeah, so it was a packed house with 11 people, but I was the youngest one that was there. So this is when my loneliness began because my cousins and sisters, they were all hanging out with each other and they would include me every now and then, but for the most part, I wasn't included. And so I kind of felt like I was alone in that house um, at school. Thankfully, I had a lot of friends and out in the neighborhood. I had friends, but I didn't feel like I fit in with the family. And then when my mother remarried, we moved to Arvada and, and Arvada, Colorado is just, you know, about 15 minutes away from where we used to live. But it was still a different environment where we moved. There wasn't a lot of ethnic diversity. So I was. um treated in such a way right i did have friends but there were moments where i experienced microaggressions and blatant racism and so i didn't fit in with my family and i didn't fit in outside of them either so at that point i started to feel unlovable and unwanted and dealing with other you know life issues life challenges i started having um i just started going to substance use and that was my way of escaping but that type of avoidance It furthered my anger and my sadness, my emptiness, and it led me to having suicidal ideation. And after my suicide attempt at age 16, I I had a choice. And at that moment, you know, I could either um, continue to suffer every day in, in this pain that I was having, or I could figure out what I could do to actually be happy to be breathing. And so in order for me to be able to do that, I had to face what taught me that I didn't matter so I could no longer accept that as truth. And in order to emotionally heal from painful experiences, I had to find the lessons to be learned from those experiences as long and as well as forgiving myself and other people and forgiving yourself and others. That doesn't mean you're excusing the behavior or the event, but it's about releasing the weight of holding onto that pain and that guilt. Um, if it's preventing you from moving forward. So I had to work on that. And that's something I continue to work on, whether it's healing and valuing myself, that's a continual process. It's not like once you realize something's wrong and then now you're fine. (laughs) So it's (laughs) something I continue to work on. And because of my experiences, after graduating high school, off and on over the years, I participated in projects and programs that focused on building self-esteem, addressing social issues and other life challenges. So, I would be in educational plays about domestic violence, or I would be sharing poetry, addressing struggles with having positive self identity, or leading workshops for diversity appreciation. So, I would be involved in a lot of anything that was educational to help us transform our lives. And then it was about four years ago when I felt like anger and sadness and division in this country was, was growing. And at that moment, I decided to start my company, LoveMark, and it's spelled L U V M R K, because I just wanted to dedicate my life like full-time to guiding people to transform their lives that would make a positive impact in their life and their community. So with Lovemark, it's a coaching company where I guide people to value themselves and others. We're we're based in Denver, Colorado, where I I live, um, but we work with clients nationally and internationally, providing self-empowerment workshops to foster social, emotional, and mental wellness and diversity, equity, inclusion training to endorse humanizing perceptions of each other in order to cultivate and uphold environments that are inclusive, respectful, fair, and safe. So yeah, I just, I needed to start the company to do what I could to make positive social changes and, and have people know their worth. And then lastly, doing my workshops, it helped me to finish a book that I started years ago. Um, it's uh, something I just recently self-published and it's titled, Dissolving the Anchor, Untethering Dysphoria and Self-Doubt to Create an Empowered Life.
0: Can I ask you then, with the with the, the the name Love Mark, does the M or K mean anything specific to you?
1: No, I um I, I spelled it that way just to um like be a play on words, you, you know, like when you're texting and and how like we have like acronyms or we just don't spell everything all the way. So I, it was just something that I created that way. When I when I first started the company, it was like I was going to do t-shirts and it was um going to be a way of like showing how I wanted to have it be like a representation of how we can leave our mark in the world with love. And I was going to include, you know, and I did do this as well, where I um, would exhibit ways that were there for each other, how we, different ways that we're kind to one another and we're leaving our mark in the world with love. I was exhibiting that, but then I just realized I needed to make this company where it can make real effective changes, so that's when I decided that I wanted to have these workshops and and be a transformation speaker.
0: If you were to go back in time now and you're in that environment where there's eleven children, you're feeling a bit of loneliness. If you were to tell yourself now and go back in time, how would you tell yourself, your younger self how to manage that situation of loneliness and and to avoid the possibility of substance abuse?
1: If I had to go back to my younger self back then, it would be what I do now with the work that I do. Uh, I have people, when it comes to loneliness, I'll focus on that since that's what you asked. It's about realizing that you do matter, you are enough, and it's having enough love for yourself to realize that you know maybe there are some people who you don't fit with, and there are some people you may not get along with. But when you know that you matter and you're enough for yourself and then have enough confidence to be that and present that out into the world, you can start having other people gravitate towards you that appreciate and respect you for who you are. And I did have people in my life who did love me and appreciated me for who I was and respected me. But I was so focused on my family where I felt like I didn't fit in with them that I started feeling like I didn't fit in anywhere. And it was hard to notice when people did really appreciate me or like me. And all I was seeing was that no one liked me and no one really, truly loved me. I didn't trust that people could really love and respect me. So when you do have enough love for yourself, you, you can acknowledge and accept it that people do, um, appreciate you as well.
0: Were your family surprised when you had, you know, you felt like you didn't fit in or nobody loved you? Were, were they, were they surprised at that, of how you were feeling?
1: Well, I know that my mother was, so my mother wasn't around much because she had to work long hours and, and whatever other reasons that she couldn't be involved um, too much in my life there. When she read the book, she, she felt horrible. Like she felt bad that she didn't realize that I was struggling. And um, so we, we talked about this and And, you know, everything's okay. Like, I I definitely have no hard feelings towards her or anything like that. But anyone else in the family, they haven't approached me in a way where they didn't know that that's how I was feeling. I'm thinking they realized that they didn't include me. And that's why they haven't shared that they were surprised. But I, I don't want to assume. I just know that they haven't told me that they were surprised I felt that way.
0: Right. Okay. So how did you feel about that then? Did you feel like that because of, you know, you didn't think that maybe they, they, uh, they either loved you or even to this day, I mean, has things improved or are they They still the same? um,
1: They have improved a little bit. So with certain people in my family, I, I have to just kind of love them from afar. There are ways that we can treat each other that can be toxic and if you are treating me in such a way that where, where you're using words or you're excluding me or you're um, just whatever words and actions that you're using that that I'm interpreting are showing me that you don't value me, I can't have that in my life. I need to respect myself. And so I need to make sure I'm not accepting those type of environments where people are not valuing me or they're disrespecting me. So. There are some people in the family where I have just decided that I'm just going to not be around them. But then there are some people in the family where I do have a relationship with them and we continue to build on that relationship. I am not holding on to the past. I We're at a place where we are getting to know each other for who we are now and being able to embrace that current relationship.
0: Previously, you mentioned there with regards to uh, you're a trans- transformation speaker. So for somebody like Stupid Dave, which is me, and no. <laughs> or D- Dumb Dave, as some people call me, what is a transformation speaker?
1: So a transformation speaker, in addition to motivating and inspire, inspiring people to live a life that they want, transformation speakers will provide the tools that guide people to know how to do it. So we present realistic and effective strategies to build healthy habits that are going to result in creating a life that you choose. So that's, that's what a transformation speaker is. It's just making sure that you are equipped with the tools to change your life.
0: In your experience, I mean, that if you're chatting to others, does that give them a little bit of inspiration and hope that they feel like, well, wow, I'm, I went through a bit of that or I'm going through that. and And they look at you and they see how well you're doing. I mean, does that give them inspiration?
1: What I have been told from some of the people who attended my workshops, yes. They have shared that um, one, they appreciate that I share my experience before going into providing all these tools on what you can do to transform your life, because it lets them know that I'm coming from lived experience. So therefore they know that I have their best interests at heart and they feel like they can relate to me more. So that alone helps them realize that um, you know I'm there for them and I want to do whatever I can to help. And seeing what I've been through and where I'm at now helps them is another way of inspiring them to realize that they can change their life. Um, but also it helps when you share your stories for people to know that they're not alone as well.
0: The main topic of our conversation today is is self-doubt. So why is it that people have self-doubt?
1: It's due to the factors that shape our beliefs. And so these factors, I'm just gonna share with you what some of those factors are. So it's it's our education, religion, politics, family, peers, the media, our environment, and our experiences all of those are sources that are developing our views of ourselves other situations life the world so it's being aware of all those factors shaping your views because you you need to know what causes your self doubt and in order to know that you got to explore what specific experiences and lessons taught you that you weren't good enough that you're not capable or anything that's created An internal dialogue that is tearing you down and holding you back because what you accept as truth becomes your reality. And then your choices and your actions are going to reflect that belief. So if you're having self doubt, it's because of all of those factors that I mentioned and how that has shaped your beliefs.
0: Is it then a positive or a negative thing? I mean, is it good to have a certain level of self doubt?
1: You know, I believe it's both. And so I'll just share how it could be both. (laughs) So um, it's a good thing. If you're, it depends on on what the self doubt is. So, for example, it's a good thing if you're not assuming you can attain what you want with no effort. Sometimes that can be the case, but depending on your aspirations, you may need to take steps to acquire them. So, it's a good thing when you when it's encouraging you to prepare for what you want to achieve, such as do you need to study, do you need to receive certain training, or what steps do you need to take in order to help you reach your goal. So, it's a good thing when it has you not assume anything and you. It's going to help you to work towards what you want. It's a bad self-doubt can be bad when it holds you back. So when you believe you can't achieve what you want, then you don't even try. When you stay in a place where you don't want to be because you realize or because you're realizing or believing that you don't have what you what you need within you, that is necessary to change your circumstances. So it's bad when it's hindering your progress. So that's how it could be good and bad.
0: And what about then? the how say the circles we hang out in or the people we hang out with can they provide a certain level of self-doubt in us by kind of putting us down by saying that we're not good enough
1: yeah is, is this, and how and do
0: you manage that
1: yeah that, that's definitely part of it because as I shared before like the different type of factors that affect us whether it's your family or your peers and uh yeah what people tell us that can turn into thoughts that we have about ourselves. Um, when you have confidence, then that can act as an armor where those thoughts can't penetrate our hearts and mind. So we continue to be who we are, know who we are. But if you have any lack of self-confidence or you already have a low self-esteem or a negative self-image, and also depending on how much you're trusting and respecting people, their thoughts can definitely influence us.
0: Can you tell them to get lost?
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely believe um that you should stick up for yourself if if anyone is treating you in such a way with with their words and actions that is having you feel like you don't matter or you're, you're lesser than and it's having you devalue yourself you definitely do not have to accept their opinions of you. you you don't have to accept that treatment and if you need like i had to do with some family members i had to just keep them afar you know so and and sometimes it's important to realize that it's not always obvious when you're being verbally abused uh sometimes people can be tearing you down in a way that it comes across as like a compliment and or they're looking out for you and you might not even realize that it's affecting the way you see yourself so there's several ways that people can be harming your self-esteem or your views of self too
0: chat about like social media Um, we look at the likes of you know social media platforms like Instagram, and Facebook, and TikToks. And you see these, well, it could be athletes, could be movie stars, politicians, you name it. And they look very confident and they look very positive. But is there also a possibility that they're also experiencing self doubt, but they're actually hiding it very well? I mean, can that cause, say, for example, I'm the individual who has the self doubt and looking at these? superstars or these wonderful athletes could that make you feel worse
1: well there's two things here one when we're on social media and we're seeing the best of what people are presenting to us it can have you feel bad about yourself we have to realize that people go through struggles as well but they're only presenting to you the best parts And so it's important to not compare ourselves to other people because then that can make you feel bad. You can feel like everyone's doing better than you and you're struggling and, and, and that can hurt. So it's about realizing that one, they have struggles too, but, but realize who you are and where, where you're at in your life and the choices that you're making to help you get where you want to go. And focus on that, focus on your own journey. So that, so I just wanted to make sure I, I shared that, but with those, you know, athletes and movie stars all these people who, you know, they're exhibiting confidence, they may actually have that confidence. They have worked hard to achieve what they have. And so they truly do have that confidence. But then there's another side where they may be experiencing having doubts, but they keep going. It's about not allowing your fears to stop you. So that's important to you is to realize that, you know, you may be having self-doubt and how can you use it in a way to help you, and in order to also limit having those self-doubts, but just not having it stop you?
0: Yeah, that's a, good, that's a great answer. So, why then does our mind wander into negativity, but it always finds it hard to embrace positivity? Why is it always, you know, with self-doubt in particular, it's like, oh, I'll never do that. I'll never pass the exam. I'll never get the job. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. But then, when we are positive and we have good experiences, we have this habit of forgetting that we had those good, positive experiences, and we find ourselves always more into the negativity mindset.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was something that I definitely experienced a lot. I was completely negative. I I only saw the worst in everything. And I can't was my model. Like, I didn't think I could do anything. And I wasn't recognizing the good that was happening. I wasn't recognizing the things that I had achieved. So Your mind is going to embrace what it's used to until you realize that you have the ability to change your mindset embrace what is going to uplift you, help you grow or move you forward in a beneficial direction. So it's about acknowledging the mindset that you have and shifting it so you can have a mindset that's going to be more healthy for you because bad things do happen. That is true. But We have to also acknowledge the good that's happening and what we're capable of to create the kind of life that we want to have that's going to have us have more joy in our life. So, yeah, it's about um, acknowledging your mindset.
0: Are expectations too high? Should we lower expectations to be happier? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I I don't know if I would say lower your expectations or if they're too high. I, I believe it's about being realistic. What? Are these expectations that you're having and are they humanly possible? Because if you're, I think it's important to realize what you are capable of achieving and what you're capable of doing and and having in your life. So it depends on the expectations. I don't know if I would necessarily say like you're raising them too high or you should lower them. It just depends on what they are and, and just making sure that you're being confident and and positive with who you are and that you're able to achieve certain expectations that you do have, that it it is capable, that you are capable of achieving things that you want in your life.
0: Good advice or suggestion where, you know, it's good to research things before you kind of go and try to achieve them. And then by doing this, hopefully you reduce the possibility of self-doubt. An example I can give you is that, right, you and I, Hallima, we want to go to uh, to be an astronaut but we may never have the qualifications for it and because of that we we become disappointed uh, we get more self doubt is it a good idea to kind of research what goals and dreams we have first
1: yeah that's what i'm saying have realistic expectations because um you, depending on the, the requirements for being an astronaut, you very well could be an astronaut if you can fit into those requirements and do what needs to be done to achieve that. But if there are certain requirements that it is actually a deal breaker and there's no way that you can do all those steps or whatever the requirements are, then, yeah, at that point, you do need to have an alternative dream or goal that you you want to have so like you can say oh I want to fly but you can't flap your arms and start flying like you have to (laughs) you could be a pilot and then you can go through that training you know so Mm -hmm. it's about realizing what you really can do so yeah I definitely believe the research.
0: should we care then what other people think or is it none of our business
1: (laughs) you know it's it. that's another one where it could go out of way. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it it depends. we're We're not always aware of how our words and actions are ap- impacting our life and those around us. so sometimes if if people are sharing what they're noticing, that can help us realize some things. Um, so it could be good when others are um, like complimenting you and that could help you realize that you're seeing yourself in a bad way, but, wait, other people are seeing you in a good way. So, you know, how you can have that balance. So it can be good when it's encouraging growth and, and helping you to have a, a better view of yourself. But then if uh, you're hearing negative opinions, it, there's there's two things about that. Like you don't wanna allow them to become more powerful than the best of who you are, if it's gonna drive you to silence your voice and hinder you from moving forward in life. so you don't want to have those negative things people say affect you to the point where you lose yourself. But then sometimes hearing those negative opinions, it could be something that you can learn from yourself because what if you're doing things in a way that's impacting other people and you're hurting them? And if someone's going to share with you, hey, I'm noticing you're doing this, it may not feel good to hear that they're telling you this, but maybe it can help you to realize something that you're doing that you didn't notice before. So sometimes it's good to to hear what people have to say, but I I feel like always use it in a way to help you grow. Otherwise, yeah, no matter what, like at the end of the day, you have to have a healthy internal dialogue. You have to have thoughts within you that are healthy, leading you to make the best choices for you and and to be your best self and to be happy. So at the end of the day, you still need to make sure that your internal dialogue is healthy.
0: Why is it then that, words are so important these days or have words always been important because this might sound a bit outdated but I mean the old rhyme you know sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me so why is it now specifically that words are so important these days
1: you know it's so interesting you bring up sticks and stones I actually have (laughs) that in my book (laughs) um yeah words do affect us words are powerful but the, the thing is okay Actions are important because they typically show who you are. The thing is, is the words have meaning. They have meaning. And um, the potency and their impact determines on how much power you give them. So both words and actions are powerful. Really, when it comes to the words that we're telling ourselves, it's important to to be aware of what words you're telling yourself, because those are your thoughts and your thoughts are driving your actions and where are you steering yourself. So be aware of, are these thoughts steering you in a direction of where you want to go? Or are you putting yourself down this spiral where you're losing yourself and you're, you're going to a place where you don't want to be. Um, so both our words and actions are both important and powerful because your words become your thoughts and they're going to direct your actions.
0: It is amazing, isn't it? Cause it's kind of what I find interesting now, as you mentioned Jared, with regards to the, uh, you know, the actions. I, I always thought the belief was, you know you, you can actually know somebody by their actions if they help you out or if they're good to you, irrelevant of what the word says uh, or what they may say. But now it seems to be that words are really, really uh, powerful. So how then, if somebody is to say something to you as an individual, how can you manage them to maintain that boundary that you're not you're not happy with what they're telling you or what they're saying?
1: Yeah, I actually will talk to people about it. If someone tells me something, I'm going to explore that before I assume and just jump uh, you know into an argument yeah (laughs) so if, if someone says something to me I'm gonna ask them what did you mean when you said that like I've done that plenty of times where I've had to ask people well can you share with me what you mean when you when you said what you just said to make sure I understand if it was an insult or did they just like you know Say what they said unintentionally or whatever, but yeah, your words are still what you say. It, it still came from somewhere. So um, sometimes people are insulting you. Sometimes they aren't even aware they're insulting you. But when you draw attention to it, to be like, "Wait, what did you mean when you said that?" It allows them to think, "Oh, this is what I meant," or "Oh, I didn't even know that." You know, me saying that offended you or whatever. So yeah, I address it. I, I depending on who you are, what relationship we have. I'm going to address it with you. If you're someone who I don't really know and I'm, you know, living my life, I'm doing my thing and 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 if I feel like you're trying to be rude, I'm just going to brush it off. You know, I I can't allow people I used to allow people to affect me every single day and I just let it beat me down every day and I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to give people that much power anymore. So, um Thank you if your actions are kind and wonderful and your words are kind and wonderful. Um, and, and when they're not, I'm going to either learn from it or I'm going to let it go.
0: Great ex- advice, especially from from an ex- experienced person like yourself. So what about then if somebody now or a listener is feeling quite low, especially with the pandemic at the moment and COVID and they have probably lost their job and you know, they're looking for a bit of inspiration. I mean, what, what can you tell them or is there any strategy to motivate them, especially during this, this this time?
1: Yeah, when you want to achieve anything in life, it's about, well, one, research it. I, I love that you brought that up because it is important. <laughs> research it, see if it's <laughs> attainable. Um, but yeah, I, I I believe that if you want to achieve something, you got to just go for it, see what you need to do to get there, and there's this quote that I saw once, and it stuck with me. And I share it with everybody all the time. Um, so if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse.
0: Wow. So okay. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and
1: so that's why I'm like, if you want to do something, do the research. See what you need to do to get there. And if it's humanly, realistically possible to achieve it, you got to continue moving forward, find ways to get there, find solutions to the barriers. Is your mind being a barrier or are there real obstacles in your way? So it's about finding solutions, knowing your worth and doing what you can to get where you want to go.
0: I mean, my dream was to be a male supermodel, but it's never going to happen. So I moved on <laughs> as quick as possible. I that's why. That's why I do podcasts now. I have a I have a face for radio, but no offense. That was only a joke in case anybody <laughs> gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my modelling days are true and over. Anyway, so you are the author of Dissolving the Anchor and Tethering Dis. This how to pronounce this correctly, right? Dysphoria and self doubt create an empowered life. So firstly, what is dysphoria? As you do know by my pronunciation, I can't even pronounce it. So what is that?
1: Yeah, it's so, it's just being in this horrible place. Right. <laughs> it's like the opposite of euphoria. So euphoria is like, you're just in this blissful place, you're feeling great and dysphoria is just the worst. So right. that's what dysphoria means to me. Like you're just in this place where it's, you're, it's, it's an unhappy place to be.
0: <laughs> right. So what, what then can the readers expect from your book?
1: Uh, so Dissolving the Anchor, it's a part memoir and part self-help guide. It consists of narratives, poetry, and beautiful illustrations that I commissioned from artists worldwide. It's gonna give you a real and raw look into the experiences that caused my negative self-image, my low self-esteem that led me to substance use and suicidal ideation. But then I'm also detailing how I came out of that struggle. And got to a place where I was able to change my mindset to finally value myself and stop the self-sabotaging behavior and live a life that I choose throughout my adulthood. And uh, so I, I wrote it because I wanted to make sure that I can share my experiences and offer advice that could guide people to know their worth, emotionally heal, realize their capacity to manage and overcome adversities, and know their ability to create the life that they want to live. And um, I just want to share, I'm not writing or providing any type of advice from a clinical perspective. I'm not a therapist or psychologist. I'm coming from lived experience, and I just want to use my lived experience to offer any guidance to help people have a good life.
0: Brilliant advice. So let's do the plug. Where can you buy the book?
1: You can buy it anywhere you typically like to buy books. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, but if you want, you can go to my website, you can go to hiates.com. and I have retailers listed on there and you can select which retailer you want to order the book from. So yeah, just go to H I As
0: I always do, I'll get quite nosy. I'm actually on your website now as we're as we're talking and mm-hmm. um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But well, what services then? So if, if a listener was to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Is it via social media or your website in terms of finding out what services you provide? And I know you mentioned before with regards to uh, global, anybody around the world can get in touch.
1: Yeah, you can email me on my website. I also have the links to the social media um, pages that I'm on. But yeah, you can, um, if you want to attend any of my workshops, you can also email me letting me know that and I can share information. Um, My company, Lovemark, I, I have a website for that 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 shows what the workshops are and what they entail. And uh, you can also request to, you know, attend those workshops or, you know, have a group that wants to, you know, participate in those workshops. So, but yeah, you can go to hi8s.com to keep it easy and just send me an email and I will get back to you with, with whatever question you have and what you want to know. But yeah, you can buy the book there. You can subscribe to my website to know what events are coming up, um, be apprised of whatever news and updates are happening. Just any information you want to have, just um, contact me at hie
0: And are you on Instagram as well and Twitter and doing all the other wonderful platforms?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm on Instagram more. And I push what I post on Instagram to Facebook and Twitter. So you can see either way. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook or um, LinkedIn or Twitter or, you know, other social channels. Um, I do also have my own personal page, but H.I. Yates is my author information.
0: Can I ask before we go, how did you feel when you finished your book? Because we talked about self-doubt today. Did you feel, I mean, was there self-doubt before you did the book? And then was there a sense of achievement and pride? when you finished it?
1: Oh, yes. So when I started writing the book, it was years ago. It was when I was, you know, working on other, collaborating with other people, working on, you know, different programs and and projects. And I started working on the book then, but it was mainly a poetry book. And I kept going back to it, back and forth throughout the years and just really didn't do anything with it. I I was trying to figure out what I want to do with it. How do I want to change it? And it just wasn't what I wanted to be. But when I started Love Mark and I started leading these workshops and seeing the impact it was having and um, how it was just the feedback I was receiving from people, it had me realize what I can do with this book, how I could write it and how I could create it to make sure it's more effective for the reader. And when I went through so many edits and so many, like you go through a lot when you're writing a book and make sure it's like understandable and effective and When I was done, it felt great because yes, I had self-doubt. I was like, why would anyone listen to me? I'm not famous. I'm not like, I'm just an everyday person. Uh, But you know what? I have had experience where I feel like from what people have told me, it's helped them out. And so that kept me going. And yeah, I'm just an everyday person who's just sharing that my success is, you know, that I'm here today. And and if if I have a choice, I'm going to choose to see tomorrow and my success is. Being able to manage and overcome adversity, and know my worth, and being able to create the life that I want, so that's what I'm sharing. And let it, whatever happens with this book, is whatever's going to happen. But yeah, I had to push through that, that self doubt. I had to realize that I have a voice and it does matter. My experiences are valid, and keep going. When I finished that book, I felt so good <laughs> when I first saw it. Like when I it was physically in my hand, I actually did an unboxing video where it, it shows me opening the box when I first get to touch my book and see it. And
0: wow. Wow.
1: So, yeah, so you do that in order to know, like, is this book ready to go? Is it ready to be published out into the world? So you, you look through if there's any errors or whatever. So when I first got to touch my book and see it, I did not want to cry, but I did. And <laughs> I just it was all that work, all that time, all that effort. And it was completed and this is what it this is what happened this is what came out and i just felt all those emotions and it, it was yeah something that i will always remember
0: no oh, brilliant well well done you uh, very inspirational as uh, Halima has said she has a pretty cool website which i mean very nosy at the moment i'm watching it's uh, <laughs> uh dot com, and it's been seen on fox 34 the chronicle journal magazines day uh latin biz today the chronicle news.com so a lot of media attention out there with yourself which is really 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 good and, and well done and congratulations and what we'll do is we'll put all the the links in with the podcast as soon as it's released and thank you so much to uh halima yates today for joining me on the well-being and career podcast thank you
1: thank you for having me david i appreciate it being here